Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I'm here with yet another high demand coach, an advisor, if you will, and that is the one and only Katie McConnell Olson. Katie has become just a tremendous friend and colleague. Uh, There's no one that is as driven as Katie. You're going to hear that come through in everything that she says here. But what she do, who she? So Katie is the founder and CEO of GrowthWise Search Partners. She's a connector. She's an innovator. She's a curiosity ambassador. And her Practice brings transformations and solutions that help businesses accelerate both financial and human capital growth. Katie has a, a experience in serving clients of all sizes in all industries, in consulting roles, and on internal teams within her organization. Her focus now is in the middle market for companies with revenues from 10 million to 500 million, and a focus in particular on construction, professional service, not for profits, and agriculture uh, companies. So, Katie, uh, so excited to have you here. It's been a minute getting to this point uh, for, uh, you know, and uh, this isn't, you know, a typical kind of coach thing. One of the things that you do, if folks didn't get from the bios, you you help find great team members uh, for companies and and you do that uh, exceptionally well, I might add. Uh, I, I think I've shared this with you, but some of the worst experiences I had with advisors when I was a CEO of my own company was actually those in the uh, recruiting world. And just really got burned on multiple occasions, had a really bad taste for it. And I want to thank you for turning that around for me. Uh, Just seeing the heart (laughs) and dedication and passion that you have uh, for your clients has been so encouraging to me. And you've given me new hope for for the industry as a whole. But I'd love to, before we get into the work that you do and and the kind of the unique way that you and your firm go about doing it, I'd love to kind of hit rewind for a second and talk about what you were doing before you started GrowthWise and how did that ultimately lead to that transition? Yeah, absolutely. A bit of a checkerboard path for sure, Um, as it always is with an entrepreneur. I don't know that anyone grows up and says, I want to be a recruiter when I grow up. You know, no one knows really what that is. It's something that you kind of accidentally um, stumble into, and that's exactly what happened. So I actually have a degree in accounting. I came from the world of accounting. I have a CPA license, although I don't practice. Uh, anymore. I still hold on to that thing. I always joke with my friends, if they take it away from me, it's going to be for something criminal, not because I let it expire. right? But um, that really is where the roots of my education came from. So I got a degree in accounting. I went to work for a large firm um, on the audit side. So believe it or not, there are accountants that don't do tax returns. Uh, And I was effectively traveling all over auditing financial statements. 
So it gave me a really great insight into, you know, how do companies run, what's going on behind the curtain and the backbone of an organization, which is the number side of things. Um, ultimately, I hopscotched through a couple of different startups. Um, and like any good entrepreneur, they mostly failed. Um, so I <laughs> stepped on a couple of rakes uh, along the way and kind of accidentally found my way into hiring. So you're absolutely right, Scott. It's a dirty industry. Um, I found my way into it and found that out also by you know working with a recruiter that was frankly just a terrible recruiter, um, wasn't attentive, didn't give me the time of day and was selling me like a piece of inventory. Um, and somehow I ended up actually becoming one uh, a little bit by accident. Uh, but I said, okay, you know, I think I can learn um, how to do this. I had come from some startups and wanted to learn about sales, the sales metric side of things, because most accountants are not trained to be salespeople. Uh, so I kind of flopped my way into recruiting. And that's when I realized I love this. I love changing lives. I get to call people and say, hey, I can get you a job that's closer to home, you know, changes your life. Um, and conversely, on the business side, I'm telling the business, hey, we can solve this problem that you've had for a long time because now we can scale you past this hump. We can get you, you know, removed from the business. We can buy some of your time back um, with leverage. And so there was this incredible impact happening. And it was a really dirty industry um, with a contingent approach, meaning charging a percentage of salary, which we'll talk more about, but I don't run my shop that way. Uh, and ultimately, I decided, you know what? I'm not utilizing my license. There's way more that I can offer that I am not having the opportunity to unleash here. This isn't going to be a fit for me. So in the process, uh, as the universe would have it, I ended up going back into public accounting to lead recruiting uh, for a public accounting firm. So kind of marrying the best of both worlds in an internal recruiting role, very quickly realized the clients of the CPA firm need holistic hiring support. I can do this. I have those skill sets. I can bridge that together. And I said, I want to do this different. I want to do it under a non-contingent approach. So I don't want to charge a percentage of salary. I don't think it's fair to pay a recruiter more for doing the same job and adding the same amount of value just because you also have to pay a candidate more money. It makes absolutely no sense to me why the industry has done and continues to do this. So I said, no, I'm going to do it totally different. We're going to turn it on its side. We're going to do it around value. We're going to work as a true partner for these companies, and we're going to change the trajectory of their businesses. So that's what I did. I started this practice area within the CPA firm, ran it for a few years, really found my heart in small and mid-sized businesses. And then that CPA firm got acquired by a billion-dollar company. So, yeah. Uh, so ended up deciding that that wasn't for me. That's when I left and started GrowthWise Search Partners. Same mission, same value-oriented approach, same pricing model, uh, but you know, a different struggle bus than being a part of a billion-dollar company. Yeah, and there's so much <laughs> to unpack in there. Um, the, the first one I want to do, and, and we'll get back to recruiting here in a second, but you went from CPA, right? everything's about the numbers to uh, effectively HR, right? And recruiting and, and everything's about the people. And uh, so two questions on that. One, why why does being able to see both of those worlds give you a unique advantage? And two, what is it that, um, why is it that so few people can bridge that gap? Yeah, uh, knowing, great question. Knowing the numbers is the backbone of how any businesses run, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't do this for free. Um, and we can't, we, we can't create sustainability for free. 
so knowing the metrics is so, so powerful. And bridging that with human capital is so, so powerful. I think, you know, we've got accountants on one side that are, we like to say the CF no, right? They, they have to be risk adverse, fastidious with money. And then we've got HR on the other side that wants to spend, 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 because that's how you engage employees and create retention is you've got to invest money into your most important and oftentimes the largest line item on your P&L, which is your people, right? Um, And understanding both sides of that where we can go, okay, let's look at the ROI of that and those decisions and also look at the people side of that and marry that together Uh, It's why we say that we're in the human capital business and not in the human resources business, because while we are a resource, I really like to look at it from the perspective of ROI and the numbers. So if you call us and say, Katie, we need to make a hire. My first question is going to be, what is your business objective that you're trying to accomplish with this hire? Because why are we spending money if we're not you know, accomplishing something with that. Yeah. So I think the marriage of those two and being able to look at the multiple of what you know, per, you know, purchasing a tool in the form of an employee is going to generate those conversations are not conversations that are often had with your human resources team. Yeah. Right. And then and the other half of that, of course, is knowing accounting comes in real handy when we're doing accounting hires. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Now, uh, you position the company and it's even in the name as as partners along the way. And and so why what's the what's the mistake that folks make when they go out and they just find a recruiter, right? As opposed to finding a partner like yourselves. Yeah, I think there's a lot, right? I have a lot of opinions about this because as I mentioned before, recruiting does have kind of a stink on it. It's a tough industry. Um, A lot of times the mistake is, hey, recruiter, here's our job description, go bring us humans, you know? And, And it's, Sure. I mean, I can sell you resumes. That's not the business that we're in. My job is to really understand what your problems are so I can advise you how to solve that problem. Um, Oftentimes we hear clients start with, well, I need someone that has five years of experience with, you know, Sage 300 software. Is that really what you need? Or do you need somebody that can X, Y, and Z? So really we spend some time unpacking that. And then we develop a strategy before we just go find people Oftentimes, what a client thinks they need isn't where they end up. I'll give you an example. This morning, we gave an offer letter for a controller for a construction company. Um, Started with, we need someone that has done an ERP conversion and that knows construction. Uh, The person that we're giving an offer to knows neither of those things. However, is the best fit to really scale the company to double where they are right now, which is where they're going, and be that bridge for the personnel and the employees. So come to find out through that education process, what they really needed wasn't what they thought they needed. And that happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And, and I, looking back at my own mistakes in the space, I expected someone to do that, right? Uh, b- because that that's just how I would have naturally done it. And I didn't realize that what I was getting was, hey, we're going to find you resumes. And so what ended up happening was we didn't ask for the right thing. We didn't even know to ask for the right thing. I mean, I, I think and this is true for a lot of folks. The reason you go out and get a recruiter is because you can't recruit yourself, right? Uh, now, that is until that you have someone that you trust, that you realize the dynamic gain from that. But that first time out, you know, there's something flawed about the way you're approaching it. Otherwise, it would probably be a little easier to find somebody. And so... Uh, again, what I love about what you're doing and and the approach that you and the firm take is helping identify what are those flaws and what we're asking for 
so that we're actually asking for the right thing first before we go and spend a bunch of money and a bunch of time trying to cram somebody into a hole that they're just not going to fit. Exactly. And a lot of recruiters will just go try to find you people. Oftentimes you make a hire anyways, you get lucky. Maybe they're a middle of the road performer, but it warms a chair, right? And if you're approaching something from the perspective of, well, this person is better than an empty chair, okay. Uh, But we've all made that mistake, myself included, where you make that decision and then come to find out it wasn't actually better. And now you've got a big mess to clean up and maybe it would have been better to be more strategic and holistic. Our approach is going to be more strategic and holistic. So you'll find us asking questions like, are you sure you really even need to make a hire? Uh, not to talk myself out of a job, but if we can work with what we've got here and rearrange some things, then you know it's more of a consulting project for us. And then you don't need us on the sourcing side. Right. Sometimes the issue is that you just need access to more candidates. We've got all the tools and expertise to make that happen too. Yeah. Well, the, the WHO has declared an official end to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, so everyone, you know, three, three cheers. Uh, but the, the effects of that are far from gone, right? They've just radically changed the way that both employers and employees work, find each other, everything about this world that you're dealing with day in and day out. What are a few things that, that companies really need to pay attention to right now when they're going on the search for top talent? Well, this is the ongoing debate, and I'm sure we're, we're all sick and tired of hearing about it, but remote work, I mean, that genie is out of the bottle. So for some companies, especially in the trades, they never went to a remote workforce. Um, you know, say what you will about that. However, for certain types of roles, especially those back office, for example, administrative and accounting, it's become very difficult to find talent for companies asking for 100% in office. Um, So if that is the direction that you've gone with your business, which I fully support, uh, what else are you doing? Uh, Because otherwise, you're inherently not as attractive in the market. So I think market positioning around those selling points. uh, And we'll hammer on that with clients a lot because I will sit down with a client. Hey, why does someone want to come to work here? Oh, well, our culture is great. We have Christmas parties. Our benefits are great. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Everyone says that. What is what are you doing that no one else is doing? You know, medical insurance is not a magic benefit. It's a it's a requirement. We just came out of a pandemic. People want health insurance, right? Um, but what are you doing that makes you unique in the marketplace? Really spend some time thinking about that because that's your secret sauce and that's your brand, right? Um, that's your recruitment brand. So I think that's something to really think about is that market positioning and you know what makes you unique as an employer of choice. And I, I think we tend to downplay this, right? At least, you know, virtually every client I've worked on in this space, we, we tend to just kind of uh, assume that it what it is to work here is good, maybe slightly gooder, you know, than the one next to it. But we, we don't really know how to articulate that. Uh, I was working with a group and they're they're in an industry, their their turnover is somewhere around, you know, for the industry is around 45% uh, ballpark. Is labor industry is tough work. And theirs was sitting consistently under 10%. And wow. and uh, they're looking at it saying like, hey, we can't find any good people. And it's like, well, what are you doing to sell the fact that people will come and actually want to stay, right? So what are some examples of those selling points that that you've seen work really, really well? Well, it depends on the target profile. I mean, if you want people that are go, 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 that really want to you know climb the ladder and are very aggressive go-getters, 
uh, you know, the fact that you're doubling your revenue or you're doubling your expanded reach or you're growing into new metro markets, um, those are all selling points that are going to be attractive to a candidate profile that wants that too. Um, if that's not where you're going, that's totally cool too. And that's a different business strategy. And maybe it's, Hey, we've been around for 200 years and we're not going anywhere. Um, especially in the construction industry, you know, we have a client that works mostly with federal and government contracts. Those are long-term, those are stable. Those are not going anywhere in an industry that's seeing a lot of ups and downs. Uh, that can be a real strong selling point for somebody to say, hey, I'm going to have job security and stability. And then you've got that alignment there. So I think thinking about you know why you're a great place to be and also the types of people that you want to attract that want to be there, pull your people. I'm big on uh, stay interviews, especially right now. You know We're in a period of we've seen some layoffs with larger companies we want to keep the workforce that we have. Let's ask them why they're excited and let's do more of what's already working. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would be a couple, uh, someone's never done a stay interview, right? Maybe they're not even that great at doing exit interviews uh, and we're still working on doing great incoming interviews, but they're like, okay, I see it. I, you know, I, I, like so much has changed. It's been a long time since we, we stopped looking. Is a stay interview uh, at like their annual review? Uh, how do those differ? I mean, it can be. I just actually taught a class on this last week. Uh, so I do have some great resources on state interviews. Uh, anytime you're engaging, it's better than not engaging, right? So it doesn't have to be a formal, oh, I've set up a two-hour appointment or a big employee survey. Some companies are doing that. That's awesome. Um, it can also be as simple as walking down the hallway or, you know, in a virtual environment, doing a quick check-in during a one-on-one -on -one and saying, you know, hey, I have a couple questions for you. What do you love about being here? Would you tell your friends to come to work here? And if not, why not? You know, or what can we do better to make it more enjoyable every day? And if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing, I love the magic wand question because it feels very magical and less, you know, if, if you could fire somebody, who would you pick? You know, and more like if you could, if we lived in a world of magic, you know, what would make it even more magical? Those are easy ways that you can get a lot of really great insights. And then the follow-up is you've got to do something with it, right? Otherwise you just lose credibility. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so good. And uh, I want to shift gears just slightly because we've, we've got a decent part of our audience that maybe they're not on the business owner leader side of this thing, but maybe they're out there and they're considering, you know, changing their careers. They're, they're actively looking for a job. What are a few things that, uh, that you, that you're seeing in the market that can really help set them apart? Yeah. Um, I think follow-up especially for small and middle market companies. For the really, really big companies, of course, you're kind of going into a database. It's all about you know customizing your revenue, putting those keywords in there that match the job description, um, getting real custom. For the smaller companies, follow-up goes such a long way. Uh, I've had an, a couple of examples where a candidate uh, got passed over. They came back and talked to one of my recruiters and just said, Hey, you know, I saw that you sent me a decline. That's fine. I'm just curious why, because I have this, this, and this. Well, that we didn't see that come through on your resume. We didn't know that, you know, it looked like you were in Tennessee and we're hiring in Texas. So um, give us a little bit more intel, but that follow up and opening up that line of communication can go a long way. And we do notice as well. If you're aggressive, we pay attention. I had a candidate, the candidate we gave an offer to this morning. She sent a thank you note to the client on last week and said, I really want this job. 
And that bluntness of we have a hungry person that is really excited about opportunity and really wants this was what really won them over. I, and I think that goes straight to the heart of of kind of a lie that's going on out there. Is well, businesses need you, and just you know, it's a it's a, a an employee's market, right? And but if you want to take ownership of the, getting the job, right, like the one that you really want, I, I think that we have to be careful not to just buy into this. Like, oh, there's plenty of opportunities out there. You know, they have to they have to bend to me and. Uh, I think even if it is an employee's market, right, or or a candidate's market, I think those little things that you can do to set yourself apart give you the opportunity between, you know, something that maybe you're going to want to leave in a year or two, right, or something that you can really sink your teeth into and commit to for the long haul. And it's not an employee's market anymore. It's a, I think we've got some kind of parity happening um, and I'm feeling a shift big time that we've seen in the past couple of months. Uh, In California, these big, big companies are doing a ton of layoffs in the tech space, which doesn't really help small and middle market companies. Frankly, it's a completely different skill set. It's a different type of candidate. So it's not really doing anything for the talent shortage. Uh, But what it is doing is shifting salaries. And I'm seeing employers take back a bit more control. I'm seeing that across the board, across metro markets, across the U.S. and across types of positions. So um, arguably, I don't know that it's completely an employee market anymore the way that it was a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Uh, Okay. so I want to ask this question. I ask all my guests uh, and it's this. What's the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish everybody listening today knew? I'm going to pull one of my favorite quotes of all time. And if you've heard me speak before, you've heard me say this. If you want things other people don't have, you have to be willing to do things other people won't do. Super simple, but it's one of my favorite all-time quotes. If you want things other people don't have, you have to be willing to do things other people won't do. Uh, I think it transcends everything, especially business and especially hiring. People are not just going to line up around your doorstep and bang down your door to come work for you because you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. So what are you doing to set yourself apart? How are you putting yourself out there? How are you taking risks? And how are you doing the work to generate the results that you want in every aspect of your life and especially in hiring? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really do, simple, right? Like do hard things. Yeah. It it is. It, it's, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. It's funny. I was talking with a client yesterday and I was like, there's, there's simple versus complex, right? And there's simple versus difficult. We have to be really careful with our definition of simple because if we go after things because they're simple, aka not difficult, we'll miss out on the real work, right? The work that actually matters. However, if we don't do something that's simple, you know, but we do the thing that's complex, we end up just getting washed up in a whole bunch of complexity and it's nasty. So we have to be really careful with that simplicity thing. When you're going after simplicity, which most business strategies that are, you know, the most effective strategies tend to be the simplest, you know, relatively speaking, that's not the easiest, right? Uh, and so, uh, again, I love that idea of if you if you want something different, you have to do something different and don't be afraid of hard work. There's, yeah, the, we could go on about that for a very long time. Uh, you and I are on the same page there. So uh, I do want to shift gears on you one more time, though. Uh, I'm going to have you take off your advisor hat. You've given us a ton of uh, amazing advice. I'm going to have you put on your CEO hat and talk to us about what the next stage of growth looks like for GrowthWise Search Partners and what challenges you think you'll have to overcome to get there. Yeah. The challenges, I think, depend on the day because you've got your good day and your bad day. And you know, one day it's amazing and the next day you have a shoe thrown right into your face, right? 
Um, and everyone that runs a business has shoes coming at their face all the time. Um, I think for us, um, sustainability, stability, uh, and impact. So on average, we hire about 120 people for companies across the United States uh, per year. That's one of my metrics. I'd like to see that number double. Uh, growth is that that number keeps growing. And what it takes to do that, of course, is that we add more people, we add more clients, we add more resources, and we create a sustainable system so that we can keep adding business impact. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Now, I know there's folks that are listening and they're like, yes, uh, we've we've tried the recruiter thing. It's not worked. Or I've heard the recruiter thing doesn't work and we never wanted to try it. But this idea of having a partner <laughs> that will come alongside us and, and can actually help us find the people that we need, that we actually need, not just the ones that we think we need. Uh, how and that doesn't more? charge you a yes. PSD for, you know, the more they pay them, like it incentivizes all the wrong things. I could go on yeah. all day about that, but um, I'm really, really not for the contingent approach because it's just not pro-business. So if you have had a bad experience with a contingent recruiter, I get it. I've had a bad experience with one too when I was on the candidate side. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. So definitely, um, if you want things other people don't have, you have to be willing to do things other people won't do, which is try a different model, right? And how can folks find more out about you and your work? Well, hopefully I'm very accessible uh, because we are recruiters. So we're a little bit you know, out in the market. Uh, growthwisesearchpartners.com is our website. I'm very on LinkedIn. I'm always posting um, soapbox moments such as these where I can get on a rant and talk about um, you know, how we can disrupt the industry one hire at a time. Uh, so you can find me, Katie McConnell Olson, CPA, PHR, or through Growthwise Search Partners on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Katie, it was an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And for everyone listening, you know, your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.